25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And folks, before we get too deep into the episode today, I do have some breaking news to share with you all. It's pretty big news. You might have seen it on Twitter. Um, But the Blue Jackets announced today that uh, Laura Norman and Jeremy Paul signed entry-level contracts (laughs) to... uh, And the plan is they're going to get in the lineup on, on Tuesday against against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, don't really know what position they play. Not even sure if they can skate, but uh, they were they were down. And so... Yeah, <laughs> uh, I hear that Laura Norman has already been added to the injured reserve list. Proactively, like retroactively mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, goodness, y'all. Well, welcome into this one. Uh all kidding aside, what a what a peculiar peculiar week for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and uh, it's Monday, so <laughs> that fucking sucks. Like that's no good. And I've already dropped an f bomb uh, a minute and eleven seconds into the show. That wow. might be with a record. We're, um, we're earning that explicit warning. Yeah, we have to do it quick. I guess. I guess I'm just being efficient today. E is for explicit, but also for <laughs> efficient. And folks, yeah, it's been a weird week for the Jackets. Hopefully, it hasn't been as weird of a week for you all as it has been for them. Laura, how has the week been for you? I always feel bad asking this question because I always know the answer to the question. <laughs> yes, yeah, so as, as someone who's privy to my personal life in great detail, <laughs> you're not unaware of how I'm doing when we record. <laughs> Which makes it kind of fucked up that I ask. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, things could be better. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's you know it's not it's definitely not like sunshine or rainbows right now. Um, I think my, our listeners probably think that I'm either both a dying and b just like a garbage human because oh I think I for the last year I have been like everything's terrible. It's not a lie, but like that's you know. <laughs> but so in a very, very vague but matter of fact way. Things could be better. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think I agree. I think, like, I'm kind of, like, in that same place. Like, I think certain aspects of life are great. Other parts, I'm like, are you joking? Um, and I think, at least in this current iteration, the Blue Jackets are kind of, like, falling into that iteration of, like, are you joking? But, no, I'm pretty good. I am still actually – so I don't know if this is true, but people say, like, your body takes as many days to recover from jet lag as the number of hours that it's like recovering from. And so when I returned home, it was seven hours. So a week. Mm. And so I do actually feel like gen generally like much more well rested and like less of a shell of a human being, because if anybody can attest to it, it's Laura, like the shell of a human being that I was last week was actually a little bit alarming. And I, it's one of those things where like, you know, when you're so tired, but you're driving home, from somewhere and you like get home and you process like how in the hell did I get home? Yeah. His unbridled confidence in how he was not going to have jet lag and he was just 
or then when he did admit to jet lag, he was like, I'm going to be fine. Like in a day, like, just give me one good night's sleep folks. I'd like to present that those facts were incorrect. Yeah, no, the the jury uh, has concluded that uh, I was wrong on that mm-hmm. one. But I do feel, I feel a lot better now, like exhaustion-wise, which is good. So hopefully, hopefully that's coming through in the episode. Hopefully you all listen to this episode and you're like, wow, he doesn't sound like uh, literal air coming out of a whoopee cushion. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that would be a win. That would be a win. I can already tell this is going to be an unhinged episode. I'm nervous. But It matches yeah. the Blue Jackets energy, so it's fine. Yeah, it does. It does. And at some point, it just feels like difficult to talk about the actual games. Because <laughs> like, it like doesn't feel super fair to like cover a game between the New York Islanders and the Columbus Broken Jackets or the Cleveland. No, Colum- well, honestly, this Colum- one's like it. The Columbus Blue Monsters. <laughs> no, I like the, Col- <laughs> yeah, the Columbus Blue Monsters. I thought you were going to call them the Cleveland Blue Monsters, and I was like, no, no, no. We'll they with- still reside in Columbus. They do, they do, yeah. We have to keep it locked on the 614. But yeah, so I mean, obviously, an interesting episode coming your way. We're going to talk about, obviously, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the Islanders game, but then I think the bigger story is just like, what now? Like, it's it's almost been fascinating to listen to any like national media coverage of the Jackets this last week because of course the week started with Zach Wierenski being out for the rest of the season and like that sucks but then (laughs) so it's like so obviously like that is all materialized and I was listening to uh, a blip on the NHL network about um, just about (laughs) the Blue Jackets yeah the NHL network the league in general, everyone outside of Columbus is loving the fact that the universe is just shitting on well, Columbus. I will say, though, the guys on the NHL network in the clip that I saw were like, man, they just can't catch a break. Like, it was, like, actually, like, pity and, like, sadness for <laughs> the Jackets, which, which I thought was, like, a nice little change of pace where it was, like, just nothing is going right for this team this year, and we're sad about it for them. And... And yeah, I mean, that can basically be how you summarize this this first month of the season. So uh, the Jackets started the season on October 12th with a lineup that everybody thought was going to be one that could contend for some playoff consideration. And here on November 14th, as we record November 15th, as you listen, uh, that roster is, is a shell of what it was and not in the way that like people have just like moved around, whether that's, you know, to Cleveland or whatever have you. It's just that like everybody's hurt. Like every single body is hurt. And even the team that wasn't hurt really <laughs> wasn't doing a great job to begin with. So like <laughs> Yeah, can we discuss like our strength and conditioning coaches? Cause like I, <laughs> this is just what? ridiculous. <laughs> well and furthermore, what's going on with their shoulders? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, are we not doing Shoulders enough, like, ankles. you know, ligament strength? Like, what is happening? Head, I also just did a weird dance. Toes, knees and toes. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, like, literally, like, eyes and ears and ankles and elbows. Like, it literally <laughs> is, like, what is going on with all of those things? Like, that is literally the list they're just of like, They're just like, you know what we need to, fo- to focus on? Your core. I think you guys really need strong core muscles. Screw your appendages. Like, yeah, let's just focus walking. directly on that core. 
Yeah, everyone's walking around the newly renovated locker room with just like eight pack abs, <laughs> but like everybody's in a sling and or on crutches. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just like not going too great. Their arms you. and legs are just like look like Gumby, but like they have just like the most <laughs> ripped like abdomen possible. They're all oh, like seeing no. who can make their pecs dance the most, but they can't oh. move their arms. So <laughs> Listen, we are, it's not funny that people are hurt. It's not funny. <laughs> Injuries are not funny, okay? Not They're not funny. funny. But Jeremy um, and I are broken people. So dark well, humor is what we use. Broken people can join the club, I guess. So, <laughs> um, so yes. So the Jackets, uh, you know, they face a, a quite the uphill battle. And, like, you saw even, like, we don't have to go goal by goal with what happened in the Islanders game. I mean, there are obviously some highlights like Cole Cylinder scoring his first goal of the season. You know, you've also got Marcus Bjork who made his season debut courtesy of, I think us, I think that like we, well, actually NHL debut, not just season debut, NHL mm-hmm. debut. And he scored a goal in his first game, which was really cool to see, uh, you know, and then obviously to get a point out of it is, is a huge plus. I mean, I think the thing that is clear about, not only the Blue Jackets, but like any NHL player, is that like it doesn't matter who's on the ice. Like nobody wants to go out there and lose, and nobody like this team. Even if it's decimated, showed on on Saturday night, and I think they'll continue to show. I'm not saying they're gonna win a ton of games, folks. Like don't get don't get that wrong. But what I'm saying is, I don't think this is a team that's gonna come out every night and get beat seven to two. Like this is a team that like is going to fight. And I think more often than not, they'll find themselves on the wrong side of it. But, like, they're not going to go away. It doesn't matter who's on the ice. Right. And I said this um, to one of our lovely followers today uh, because they replied to your uh, tweet where you were like, okay, why not? (laughs) When they announced that Patrick, well, we haven't said it yet, but Patrick Laine is uh, going to be out for three to four weeks with a yeah, sprained ankle. Yeah, I think if they're listening to this episode, they know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would would hope that they had – um, read some form of Blue Jackets social media today, Today, but, um, you know, they said something uh, uh, just about, like, the, you know, the monsters and all this sort of stuff, how, you know, building up the team, and I just sort of said, like, well, it wouldn't be the first time that we've been the Columbus Blue Monsters, essentially, and had to sort of, like, rally together to come back, you know, from adverse- adversity, so, I mean... Anything can happen at this point. I think that that's kind of like the lesson that we can take from this. Like, it's not going to be an easy road. It hasn't been since the moment that they stepped on the ice for the season opener. Um, But it is what it is, I suppose. It's just, it's just going to be, yeah, it's just going to be an uphill, uh, like an uphill battle, a roller coaster, a chaos circus like however you want to look at it but there's a lot of hockey games left to play so buckle in yeah it really this is a pure example of it is what it is right like and you can't like i hear people on the whole like you know it's just bedard season it's fantilly season like okay like sure but like you can't like if that doesn't sell this year, right? Like you have to be exciting this year to continue to keep people engaged like you're not like I'm sorry, you, like, you can't sell people on the idea of, like, <laughs> hey, like, Columbus doesn't know how to do that. Like, and I personally 
know what the value is of that. And I think Laura, you do too. I know you don't want them to like tank. I don't think anybody does. We've talked about it. No. Like the reality is if we have to, if if everything has to explode, this is not a bad year to have it happen, but you still have to sell the product on the ice for the rest of the season. You still have to be, you, you can't, mail it in for 74 75 games and hope for the best right like you have god to, that's you know. such torture like that is absolutely such torture to do that and again like we talked about last episode i don't think that there is a single player on this team or a player that we're gonna need to bring up from cleveland that wants to play in a situation where they're tanking and they're not giving it their all every night and they're not at least trying like and you know, I know that we're not going to eradicate this, but it is going to be a super long season just seeing people talking about Bernard and um, Fiali. Is that how you say his last name? Fantilli, I think. Fantilli. Like, because, again, first of all, I, I really love the optimism in some of these people in the Blue Jackets fandom that actually think that the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to get a first-round draft pick. Like you saying first round draft pick, first overall draft, first overall draft pick. My apologies. They always (laughs) get a first round pick unless, and I don't think Yarbo has ever traded away uh, in his tenure An actual, he's always picked at least once in the first round. Um, the jackets did not in 2019 when they traded for Matt Duchesne. Oh, that's right. And we would have lost another one if he would have, Sign with us. Igor Chinnikov would have been the casualty there if he wouldn't have signed. If Matt Duchesne would have signed with us, we wouldn't have had a first round draft pick in 2020. Gotcha. Well, it's not a it's not a common thing for Yarmo no, to do he because he, to get rid of him. he loves a good draft pick. But anyway, I just like really enjoy the confidence of these humans who think that even if we end as the 32nd team in this league, that that we are all going to get the first. Or hell, even the second pick in the draft. Like, that just doesn't, it doesn't equate, my loves. Like, it just doesn't equate. And it's not going to happen. Prop Like, it. it's not. It's just, like, you're getting your hopes up. It would be very surprising to me if it did. And Well, and on top of that, though, like, this is one of those drafts where, like, I think, you know, we were on JJ Jackets, which congratulations to them for being a part of the Hockey Podcast Network now. And if you haven't checked them out, go check them out. We did an episode, which they cleverly named So Subjective. So shout out to them on the creativity there. Oh, but I, think thanks, we talked, guys. I think we talked about it there, which was like, even in this year, like the worst team in the NHL is guaranteed the third overall pick. Like you can't go lower than three. And so. And we're not even, the worst technically right now. I, well, think Ana- I think Anaheim is worse than us. Is their points percentage worse than ours right now, though? Or is it just the number of points they have? I don't know. I just know that they have a less likelihood of getting into the playoffs than we do. Well, let's be fair. They do actually have a lower points percentage right now. So they're at 300 and we're at 321. <sighs> but <laughs> so bad. Uh, well, folks, this is only the third worst start in Blue Jackets franchise history. Like, holy shit. <laughs> like, but anyway, all that to say, even if the Blue Jackets pick in the top five of this year's draft, you can make a, a pretty decent argument that the top five in this year's draft would have had cause to be the first overall draft pick in either last year or the year before that's draft. Like currently this all changes and it doesn't actually matter until three years down the line, but like yeah. that is what the pundits are saying. And so 
ultimately, like, the Jackets are going to keep fighting. They showed that on Saturday. And Jonas Corbisalo continues to look really, really good. Like, the Jackets, again, were outchanced by the Islanders. And they were able to keep it going. I mean, like, what sucked about that game was, like, every time the Jackets took a lead, it was, like, almost immediately, like, they gave one back. And you're obviously hopeful that when you get into overtime and you've got such skilled players like a Johnny Goudreau or Patrick Laine at the time, like, those are like that's what you're hoping, right? Is like obviously like those guys are gonna be the ones that that save the day. And I'm I'm sorry, I have to laugh. Speaking of the um, overtime, because I was in the car when this was happening, uh-huh. and yeah. listening. We'll talk about that part of it later. But the part I'm <laughs> referencing is <laughs> Lars's post game interview where they asked him if he regretted sending out three forwards and no defensemen in overtime. And he was like, which one, which one would you send out? Which? (laughs) And he goes, he goes, yeah, I mean, it was something that we wanted to try. So we put it out there and it didn't work. (laughs) It did not. It was fast. What was it? Like 37 seconds or something like that, that they scored. Not entirely certain. That that's not it was even, less than a minute. That's, that might be you being generous. It was, oh, 39 seconds. Wow, that was 39. Good. I was um, very close. But it, it felt like it was much faster than that. <laughs> it felt very quick. But, I mean, like, to be fair, though, like, what, like. I mean, what, I don't know which defenseman he would have sent out there, but, like. No, because if you think about it, like, most of the forward or most of the defensemen that you're sending out during overtime, like, sure, they, like, obviously you're a little bit more defensively skilled than a forward is, but chances are you're putting out your skilled defensemen. Uh, don't know if you've heard, Zach Wierenski, Adam Boquist out of the equation. Um, like, do you know what I mean? Like, you go down this line and, like, hell, maybe you try Marcus Bjork. I don't know. Like, but it's, like, you don't really have defensemen that you, like, I know mean, for certain. you could have sent out Gavrikov. Okay. Just to like be a body, he knows at least kind of how to stop a pug. But like, That's true. him and Peak both have that ability. I don't know. It's just one of those things where, like, I honestly, I get where Lars is coming from. You want to like, you want to win the game, and on in three on three, like, offense takes the cake, right? I mean, like in theory. And so I get it. The Jackets still managed to get a point out of it, which I think, again, is, like, just a further indication of the fact that this team has a never-say-die attitude. I will say the thing that, like, has me absolutely so nervous, and this is, like, it should not have me nervous, and I should stop being an asshole about it, but, like, the last season that kind of felt like this was 2014-2015. The Jackets, like, injury after injury after injury, like, the total man games lost in that season were ridiculous. Like, I think Allison Lucan tweeted about it a couple of days ago. Like, she had, like, an Excel sheet of, like, where everybody was in terms of injury and stuff like that, and it was, like... Yeah, it looks like a murder scene. Like, that season is before my, like, fandom started, but it looked like a murder scene. Yeah, it was not ideal. And the worst part about that season was that the Jackets started dreadful like really bad not good um hold on let's see here they they only finished well they finished nine points out of a playoff spot that year though um and in part because the team went 15 one and one to end the season they won 15 of their last 17 games and like played themselves out of any sort of like good 
draft position. And like, that's mm-hmm. the thing that I'm most worried about now. I'm most worried that everybody's going to start developing and have real good moments. And then over the course of the next few months, we're going to have our players start to trickle back in. Now, granted, Zach is out for the year. Dan Ford is out for the year. But like, you're going to start to like have the chemistry continue. And then all of a sudden it's going to be March and they're going to win and win and win. And I'm going to be pissed. Like, <laughs> like, He's going to be pissed, but also happy. Yes. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, But nevertheless, this team is in a really unique spot. And I do you, like, like, what do you continue to do, right? Like, I think that's what we're going to spend the most of the episode talking about is, like, what what would you do in this situation? Like if you're Yarmo, if you're Lars, because there are a couple of different options I think here in terms of like how to continue on with the season. And I think that they're very different from each other. Like, I think that they're very like, like it's a spectrum and I don't think you can really find yourself anywhere in the middle and have a good result. So we'll talk about that a little bit, but Laura, is there anything just from that Islanders game or just from like that, like, not what I mean. <laughs> well, I mean, any- we might as well get it out of the way. But like, <laughs> you know, to 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 add to the fact that I said earlier that my life is a shambles and things could be better, I couldn't. I could. I wasn't home during most of the game on Saturday. I had been up visiting my father because he's getting married in a few weeks. So I was helping him with some things and also crying. But what's unusual about that? Um. And I had had not had a great day. (laughs) And I was telling Jeremy, I was like, I can't, I was like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to listen, but I'm going to try like, cause he was at a game, but then streaming the blue jackets. Like he was multitasking like the King that he is in these situations. And so finally it's the second intermission. I'm leaving my dad's house. I'm like, okay, cool. I can put the game on the radio and everything will be fine. So Going through listening to the third period, I, the way, so my dad lives in Worcester, I live in Newark, the most efficient way to get there, get to and from each location is basically a bunch of back-ass country roads that go through a bunch of back-ass tiny towns, you know, so you can understand the predicament I'm in. So it's getting towards the end of the third period. And we're like, I'm driving, everything's fine. And I come up a hill and at the bottom of this hill is a tiny ass town. And the speed limit changes at the precipice of this hill from 55 to 25. And so obviously when you're going down a hill, you don't want to just like slam on your brakes because you're going downhill. So I was slowing down, but Mr. Rookie Cop that was sitting at the bottom of said hill decided that it was a great time to clock me and pull me over. So I literally texted Jeremy and was like, please do a thing that we won't say because it's not nice and could be triggering to people. I got pulled over and his response was no, like just big (laughs) NO, big (laughs) NO. And in the process of giving the police officer my identification and registration and, and also forgetting the password to my um, insurance, 
the Blue Jackets lost in overtime. <laughs> that was right. So I did get a speeding ticket. Um, he had no mercy for me, even though I'm sure my energy read she had a very fucking terrible day, but he did not care. Uh, so if you want to contribute to my speeding ticket, which I still have refused to look up how much it is, Jeremy's actually going to do it for me because um, he knows how traumatized I am. Buy some of our merch. I'll remind you again <laughs> at the end of this episode. But We're going to drop merch that says, Laura got a speeding ticket and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's exactly what <laughs> our new merch was going to say. Uh, so yeah, so that's uh, those are my memories from the end of the Islander game. But I also remember being very excited that Marcus Bjork got a goal in his debut game because I knew his dad was there Mm -hmm. and his girlfriend. So I'm always excited when they do something cool and their family has flown all the way thousands of miles in a very short notice. So Yeah, 100%. And I couldn't be happier for him either. It's a big moment. He's played really well in Cleveland. He deserved the call-up. I'm glad he got it. And, you know, we'll see what happens from there. I mean, there are other, I mean, Jake Christensen also called up. So like, we'll see like how much of a role he plays to, you know, part of this whole thing is that like Jake Bean was also listed on like the NHL fantasies, like waiver wire, where it's like, if we see any of these players, maybe pick them up. And it's because at this point, folks, Jake Bean is our third best defenseman. <laughs> <laughs> And also, this is totally not well. I guess it is kind of Blue Jackets related, but what the hell, Sonny Milano? Just, just in general, just period. Exactly. What the hell? Yes. Just what the hell? He got two of the Capitals' five goals the other night. Yeah, I had a really good game, and he got their version of the Kepi. And his hair in that video is just absolutely out of control. Somebody needs to get him a haircut asap. But nevertheless. Good on him, I guess. Good for Sonny. Whatever. <laughs> I don't have any like ill will toward him necessarily. But um, this this last Sunday was like kind of disappointing for me. I don't know about you. Yes. You mean <laughs> yesterday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm talking about yesterday. And it's because uh, the Cincinnati Bengals didn't play a game. And, uh, yes. and of course, when the Cincinnati Bengals don't play a game, I'm a little less inclined. But I still do. Um, put some money down on where DraftKings. DraftKings. Uh, so, you know, NFL Sundays are only getting better and better. So are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% bonus with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. So maybe you think Joe Burrow is going to throw for three touchdowns in a Bengals win this weekend. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. So maybe that's maybe that's where you're going to throw your money down, and I highly recommend it. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. A minimum age and eligibility. <laughs> You're so pretty. <laughs> oh my God. 
Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So the Blue Jackets find themselves with a choice to make. Brad Larson, Yarmo Kekalainen, and even maybe John Davidson find themselves with a choice to make about how the rest of the season goes, Laura. And uh, just want to get some of your thoughts, and maybe this is what we spend the rest of the show doing, is just talking about uh, our hockey opinions, which feels out of place because, you know, why would we ever talk about our hockey opinions on our hockey podcast? And folks, uh, contrary to the belief, Laura and I don't always agree, so we'll see where this conversation goes. We haven't talked about this off air, so we'll see if we're somewhat, somewhat same page or different page, and I'm cool with either. And so, Laura, I want to know, mm-hmm. you're Brad Larson. Okay. You're Brad. You're going to have to, you know, buzz the hair, get in the character. It's time. I already to threatened to do that at least once a month. So. <laughs> All right, Brittany. So what we're going to do. We've talked about all season long. The Blue Jackets have a litany of youth as a part of this franchise. So my question to you is, what do you do with that youth right now? Because this is obviously a season that is going to be challenging for many reasons. And now you've got a team that you have to field in Columbus that is potentially, you know, a lot lighter than you planned. And so my question to you is, do you keep players in Columbus? And if so, what do you do with them? Or... Do you send them to Cleveland to create a dynasty in Cleveland with the monsters to make a really deep playoff run? So my guess is that you're exchanging the youth that we would send to Cleveland for the like, not as good players in Cleveland to come down and fill our spaces. Right. Um, I don't know that I'd say the not. I mean, like, I guess like, Yes, <laughs> I guess like, not as I, like high caliber, I suppose. Like, right, the ones that are further down on the call up list than correct. correct. Okay, yeah. Um, also, I think like, well, I'll, I'll let you go. I won't like give you too many leading opinions. Right. So, I mean, you're looking at this kind of not. You're looking at it kind of. There is like two two ways to look at this. So. And it really only it really depends on what those three people, Yarmo, Brad, and JD, want to do with the rest of the season. So I don't think that you'll ever hear the three of them be like, let's tank it. Like, I think that they would prefer like a pretty balanced, slow decline. Like, <laughs> like just, you know, just like enough to keep like people coming to the games, but like not enough to keep any hopes alive that we're going to the playoffs or anything like a balance of circumstances. But you could also like, I mean, I don't think any of them would say this, but like, they could also be like, no, we can like ramp up the young people, like the, the young players and really push and like, let's make the most out of this situation and like keep trying and all this sort of stuff. Um, personally for me, Oh God, I'm such like a person because I feel it, uh, like you can tell I worked in higher education because like, I just like see everything as a learning opportunity. And so I feel for all of these young players that we have that are like, have the opportunity to have two very different circumstances. Like, obviously they are 
super pumped to play in the NHL, like to be even having any minutes. But like we talked with like about Ken Johnson, like, yes, he's playing NHL minutes, but he's not playing a lot of NHL minutes. And yeah, like, he also he got, scratch. yeah, he also got a healthy scratch the other night. Um, so like looking at his development and what you want him to be able to do in the further out years of his career, you got to think that putting him down in Cleveland so that he can play big minutes and potentially have like a really successful run seems like the better option. So it's people like him. It's people like, hell, I would send Cole too, because homeboy needs to work a few things out. I mean, I know that he got his first goal the other night, but I don't think it would be terrible to shake out a few things and give him and give him too the opportunity to have like a lot of success because nothing makes like a slump or like a circumstance like that harder to get over than being on a team that is struggling to win games. Like that does not help your confidence. That does not help whatever thing you're trying to work out with your gameplay. Like that can just like stall a situation. So yeah, you've got KJ, you've got Cole, you know, you've got Chinny, like he could have a really good run in Cleveland. Like, you know, obviously you've got Bemmer who like apparently just changed his whole like situation in the few weeks that he was in Cleveland. Um, and you've got the guys that are currently going in between us and Cleveland. You're a check, you know, Marchenko hasn't come up yet, but let's be serious. He will soon. Jake Christensen, like all of these people that, you feel kind of bad leaving them in Columbus because they're, it's just not going to be a fun time and they're going to be wasting like a quality year of their development. So I guess I just talked myself into being the person that's like, let the youngins thrive, like let them have a really solid development year. And so that way, when whatever happens with this season, like, you know, it happens, like it'll go down as one of the more difficult seasons in Blue Jackets history. And like, no one could blame anyone for saying that, like, just look at, we'll go over the full list of injuries, but like, no one can say that, you know, it was just simply us standing in our way. Like it was the universe just dropping a lot of shit on the Columbus Blue Jackets. But think of the level of confidence and like, you know, just, energy that those young players will have coming into the 23-24 season after having a lot of success in the AHL like you you watched it I wasn't a fan yet but like you think back to that group of CBJ players who did win the Calder Cup with the Monsters Oliver Bjorkstrand Josh Anderson Zach Wierenski like all of those guys that are real high caliber, Jonas Corpusalo, all of those guys that are real high caliber players now, what that win must have done for their development and for their career. So I guess I'm going to be, after a lot of rambling and a lot of talking in circles, I am going to be team let the youngins thrive and send them to Cleveland. Yeah, that's totally fair. And, and to kind of just like, as you mentioned, like talking about the injury list, we'll go ahead and just like run through that like real quick now. Like 
Patrick Alina is expected to miss, is it four to six weeks? Three to four weeks. But Three to four. in a funny joke that Brian Hedger said, today on Twitter, he was like, Patrick Laine out three to four weeks. So that means he'll be back next week. Yeah. If it's anything like his, his injury, his upper body injury from earlier this season with his sprained elbow, then yeah, honestly it could be, but uh, ankles are weird though. Like ankles could be really hard to bounce back from. Uh, Speaking of ankles, Nick Blankenberg is out with a high ankle sprain and a fracture uh, that was sustained on the 10th and is out for six to eight weeks. Adam Boquist broke his foot. Is expected to miss approximately six weeks. Justin Danforth, torn labrum and shoulder. He's going to miss six months. Eric Branson is day-to-day with an upper body. Sean Corrales is upper day with an or nope, <laughs> upper body injury day-to-day. Uh, Jakub Voracek is an upper body injury out indefinitely, so we'll see where that goes. Zach Gorensky is out with a separated shoulder and a torn labrum and is going to miss the rest of the – shout out to the NHL PR team for, or Blue Jackets PR team for saying expected to miss the rest of the regular season – you can't say that the people working in Blue Jackets PR are optimistic people. But I, I think like I, I think like to your point, Laura, like I think either option is okay, but I have caveats to both. And it's and it's exactly this. It's exactly what you said. That's the Cleveland scenario. It's sending guys down like you know uh, like Ken Johnson, like Cole Sillinger, like Igor Sinikov, like really like anybody who is, and I mentioned, it, I think last week, or I mentioned it on JJ Jackets, like I can't remember which, like anybody who is not waiver eligible, meaning that they can't be picked up on another team when they get sent down. I have, you have to consider it. I think if you go that route, like you can't, you can't do like, a, like obviously you're going to have to have some guys who are kind of on the cusp play in Columbus, I would say, because you need somebody to play in Columbus, right? The Jackets currently on their non-roster like signings, which means that these players are either potentially in Europe, which means that they'll stay there. So Michael Puthia is like the first example of that. So he's not coming over. But the Jackets have some players in Cleveland right now that could get called up and could fill some of these voids, some of which you would argue are prospects and like could be Blue Jackets, but they're not your high-end prospects. Let's be serious and let's be honest. Those are players like Josh Dunn, Tyler Engel, Yuna Luoto, which we haven't talked about, was activated from injured reserve, and he is now, like, he's been assigned to Cleveland, so he should probably make his season debut in Cleveland at some point this week. They play on Wednesday, so maybe it'll be then. Maybe it'll be this weekend. Who knows? Trey Fix-Wolanski, who is another player who was a prospect, but not Kent Johnson, and Carson Meyer. So those are the players right now in Cleveland that you could potentially call up in terms of, of your forwards. I think defensively, like, I think that you're pretty okay. Like, I mean, like, you don't necessarily – I think you keep your check down and then you look at guys like uh, a Tim Bernie or a Billy Sweezy. If you want to call people up, like I don't think you go directly to a player like, like David Juracek or Samuel Nashko or Stanislav Svotsel or Ole Bjorkvik home. I think that those are players that you maybe keep in Cleveland. Maybe, maybe Ole, like maybe he's somebody you call up just to see what happens. But like, that's kind of what you're working with. If you're, if you're doing this, like send, let the youngins thrive, Laura, in Cleveland. Like you ha- you're gonna have to call one of those guys up. The other scenario, and this is like the one that like maybe is not popular, and I don't know that I care, is you have to abandon everything you've done to this point. Like you have to, if you're going to keep guys in Columbus, you've got to get uncomfortable and you've got to put them in the top six. And you have to shuffle things up. Boone Jenner and Gus Nyquist cannot be in the top six if you're going to have these guys 
stick around. You need to plug them into the places where you think they're going to get the most development, whether that's like sink or swim development or whether it's like actually like playing meaningful minutes development. That's up for interpretation. But like, you obviously cannot move Johnny Goudreau out of the top six. Like, you can't do that. But like those other five spots, like Emil Bemstrom's already filling in right now on the top line. You've got to put players like Cole Stillinger, Kent Johnson, Igor Tinikov. And if you're going to call up Kirill Marchenko, like they have to be in that top six. Like they can't be playing Liam Foodie minutes. And he's another player. Liam Foodie can't be playing on the fourth line in a moment like this because he's somebody that you want to develop into being more than just a fourth line center. That's Sean Corrales' role. We don't need another fourth line center right now. And I don't think that Liam Foodie, that's his skill set, right? Like that's not where you want him. And so you've got to get uncomfortable. You've got to stop leaning on the guys that you've always leaned on in your top six. Like, it, Well, because all of them are injured. Well, then there's that. But, <laughs> like, but it's also just like, like if, if you're going to do – like you can't half-ass either of these approaches. You can't just send like Kent Johnson to Cleveland and let, let Cole Sillinger and New York Chinnikov stay in Columbus and figure it out. Like it has to be one or the other. Like you have to let those guys develop chemistry together. You, I would – I would do everything I could to get Kirill Marchenko and Igor Chinnikov in the room in the same room right now, whether that's in Cleveland or Columbus, because I'm sure that that's going to be a really important relationship and a really important chemistry for both of those guys as they play in their early years in the league. Like these are just things that this team has to do right now that will cost us wins. Like it will cost us wins to put Kent Johnson, Igor Chinnikov, Emil Bemstrom like Cole Sillinger, like it's going to cost us wins to do that, but we, it's going to cost us wins in 2022, 2023, but what's it going to do in 2024, 2025? And that has to be the focus right now. You, you can't focus on this year. This year's done period. Like could a miracle happen? Yeah. But you can, you, if you can't operate right now, if you're the, if you're the hockey ops team under the impression that a miracle is going to happen to this team and they're going to turn it around, that's a waste of a season. You've got to develop these guys, and you've got to develop them now. You can't wait any longer. You have to make a choice, and it has to happen fast. Yeah, I I agree. I think the important thing is to whichever decision is made, like you have to go full force, balls the wall with either decision because doing it partially or doing it like so so like is not going to be beneficial to anyone. Like it's just going to cause. Well, first of all, it's going to cause both teams to have a shit season. And I don't think that Cleveland deserves that because not that we deserve to be shit on either in this circumstance, but like Cleveland, especially like they've had a good start to their season. They have lines that are working. They have situations that are giving them the upper hand in games. Whereas the blue jackets have yet to solidify lines that work have yet to solidify, and even once when they do get some sort of chemistry, the one on that fucking line gets injured for multiple weeks at a time. Like, we have yet, with the exception of maybe Sean Corrale and Erica Branson, we have yet to have, like, short-term injuries. Like, everyone has been minimum three to four weeks. Like, and not everyone is superhuman like Patrick Laine, and can just like by sheer force of will, like recover themselves in shorter amounts of projected times. And one could argue, like, did Patrick rush in his recovery from his elbow injury? Like, not saying that he did, there's no evidence to show that, but like 
you know, it's still something to consider. Like, so it's just like you have to go full force in whatever option that you choose to do. And knowing us and our logic tomorrow, when this episode gets released, the Blue Jackets are going to announce an entirely different plan than either of the two things that, you know, we're talking about tonight. But it's a matter of finally, because I think one of the other problems in this season has been a lack of defined, defined and like, consistent decisions like there has not been any sort of steadfast this is what we're doing there's been a lot of gray area for certain things and I think even in in the whole scopes of of the team because players have made you know remarks that like they don't necessarily know what's going on with certain things and like there's a lot of like, now granted, no one's going to tell all of their, you know, in-room conversations or anything like that, but there's been a lot of gray area and even what gets let out to the press and like on socials about what's going on. But I don't think that's like a purposeful thing. I think it's because nobody, nobody is making definitive decisions. Well, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I'm I'm done. So I think like here's the reality, right? And I can say this with confidence. Here's what's gonna happen. Neither of what we just said. <laughs> like, I can say that with a hundred percent certainty because this team is like there are a couple of realities, right? Like the reality is that when you're a small market team and Columbus is like I mean like in comparison to like a, a New York or what have you, when you're a small market team, you rely on revenue. Revenue is important. And this team is not going to do either – it's not going to do anything drastic to, like, limit the potential to, for revenue. And and here's the reality, folks. Like, I think myself, I think you, Laura, I think probably you, the listener, because if you're listening to this show, like, my assumption is that you're pretty engaged in, in this, like, in Blue Jackets lore. And it's that I would honestly be more excited to go and watch a team uh, that has the top six of all those young guys – and watch them get beat than I would be to watch a team that's centered by Boone Jenner on the first line, like get beat. Like, I mean, like, and both are going to happen. Like both are currently going to happen. Like that's just the reality. And so it's like, I would rather see that. And maybe people disagree and maybe the casual fan doesn't understand like why that would be exciting to watch, but I would put me in a seat faster. Like if you told me that when I'm down for Thanksgiving, that I get to see like, Ken Johnson centering, you know, Johnny Goudreau and, and, you know, Igor Chinnikov, like, cool. That sounds fun. Like, just like, why not? Like, I'm more inclined to watch that, but this team has never done that. This team has never committed. The only time this team has ever committed to anything major is when they come, when they went all in in 2019. Like that is the only time that I remember as a Blue Jaggers fan that I've seen this team definitively commit to one direction or another to your point it just hasn't been defined not just this year but ever and so somebody's gonna have to just like swallow the pill like somebody is just going to have to make the decision but they won't like this team will continue to field the team that they've been fielding and they're going to continue to to keep things stagnant and at the end of the year we're going to be a pretty bad team that wasted a year of players 
prime development years. Like that's what's going to happen. And that sucks. Like that can't be the case. Like at this point, losing is not a failure. Losing is not the failure here. The failure is failing to develop your players. If you fail to do that, you fail on this season. And this season was a waste. We could lose the rest of the games we play. And if you can show me positive development and you can show me increased potential and growth in the players that we need to be key in the next three to five years, I don't care if we go, what, how many wins do we have at this point? Four? Four. Mm-hmm. We can go four and 78. And if this team is going to win a cup in three years because of the development the players had this year, cool. Fine by me. That's not a failure. Going 30 and 52 and feeling the lineup that we have, it's pathetic. Like that would be a pathetic waste of time. And I like can't watch that happen. Like I do not want to watch that happen. And if you want to talk about a way to disengage myself, to disengage Blue Jackets fans across the board, it's to do that. Like it is to do that. And you know what the worst part is? They will. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and, and I am usually not this kind of a cynic. And my cynicism right now is not on the players or on what's going to happen on the ice. Like, it's just on, like, the strategy. And it has to be good. It has to be good. Like, this is the moment that Yarmo is made for. This is the moment that Brad Larson is made for. Brad Larson was brought in to be the head coach of this team because he has had success at the AHL level. He developed players in Springfield when he was the head coach there. And he did it well. He needs to do it now. And he needs to make decisions to do it now. Not decisions to save his job but decisions to, to save this team. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I hope very much so that like we are surprised and, you know, they do make those kinds of decisions, but historically speaking, that's not as likely as we would like it to be. And I think it's harder for those, um, you know, sort of base level fans to, that don't necessarily like look into the future. Like they don't, you know, telling them that this season, while will be painful, is going to benefit us in, you know, three to five years, like to them, that's an eternity. Like, and I, I understand that because I was like that when I first started, you know, being invested in hockey, I didn't understand like, well, not that they were doing bad when I was a fan, but like it, when I first started being a fan, but it's still like that understanding of like, it's hard to con like to conceptualize that like but but you want your team to be good now and you have this player that player so why aren't you good and like you know there's so many more complexities that go into the development of a team and if you don't like get on a hyperfixation like i myself did um early on in your fandom like it's kind of hard to understand how those things work and how like patience and you know there's all these things in the background that have to go on to develop a team like you know high performing teams didn't just come together overnight like their structures and their you know certain situations that they do have been building for you know in some teams cases decades like it's just we haven't we are a young team 22 years old in NHL you know circumstances and the Blue Jackets, from what I understand, have just never quite found those things that like help you bit help you build generationally. Like there have been sparks here or there, and there have been really good, 
seasons and really good moments, but there's nothing yet that has really caught on as something that is like blue jacket specific to the brand and to the development of the team. And that's the purpose of this rebuild from what I understand. Like when Yarmo first, you know, kind of came out and called it a restructure retooling or whatever, like that was my understanding is that the blue jackets are at a point now where they want to establish these like not blockbuster. That's not the right word. The like building block to use a JD term, the like block by block, like brick by brick situation. So that from years moving forward, they have this base structure for great performance. And I, it's just, it's hard when you don't have any to begin with. It's hard. It is. You are muted. Yeah, it's also hard <laughs> I was to like, hear me when I'm muted. Hopefully that made sense because I was just kind of like rattling. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And folks, in this episode, you got some some really uncharacteristic things from us, whether that's us being unhinged, although let's be honest, that's pretty typical. Uh, but usually I don't hear either one of us have like a dejected or like angry tone of, of us. And I think that we kind of have that tonight. I think that this is an interesting episode for us. Uh, and hopefully, I mean, let us know what you guys think. Like, I mean, like we want to know too, like where you're at, like what Blue Jackets fans are thinking, because I mean, it's, it's a litany of possibilities. And at the end of the day, do you know what's going to be true out of anything? That we're still going to be Blue Jackets fans. We're still going to love this fucking team. Like that's exactly it, Laura. I mean, like it is what it is. Like, Obviously, there are things this team could do to make it easier to love them. But, like, I don't know that I always get along with people who are super easy to love. So, um, I feel like we could both probably say the same thing. as, as, that's, you, as that's, both true of of, that's true of his feelings towards me. I'm very difficult to love. And I'm not so. always the easiest myself. So, I think we do it for each other. But <laughs> I think, at the end of the day, this is going to be okay. Even if Jack Rosovic might be a scratch in tomorrow night's game after a candid conversation with Brad Larson that we really haven't talked about, but I really don't know there's much to say there. And I think the only thing to say is that Jack hasn't been performing and Lars is kind of over it. Like Jack is, he's not one of the young kids. He's had several years in the NHL and, you know, it took him, almost three quarters of the season last year to find his whatever mojo. And I think Lars thinks that he should be further along in being able to develop that. So I'm not mad about it. I think Jack should sit out if he's, you know, not if people who are young, much younger than him and have less experience in the NHL are, finding it easier to get adjusted than someone who, what is this? His like sixth season in the NHL probably. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's at least his sixth season professionally. I'm not sure I can look real quick while you're finishing that thought. But, um, but so, yeah, so I'm not, I mean, I think L- Lars has plenty of reason or in val- validity to be frustrated with Jack and his performance. And like, I hope that Jack is equally as, frustrated like in a time when the team is in a a time and space that it is right now you can't have your like mid like middle to upper veteran players like (laughs) 
sucking. Like, you just can't. Like, it's just, you need them to come with the skill level and the experience that you know them to have, and you need them to, like, be better. Or else, like, everything, like, you... It's it's a pyramid of terrible if you can't have if your upper level players aren't producing, but yet you're trying to escalate the like progress of your rookie players and your prospective players, like it just cancels each other out. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh he technically this is the seventh season that he's played NHL games. He played one NHL game in the first season that he skated. So like that doesn't really count. But Yes, yeah, so you're right, about six seasons. And so, yeah, I mean, those are the players you need to step up right now, especially, like, six seasons doesn't sound like – what? Six six seasons does not sound like a lot in the NHL. But in the reality of this team, right, like, it's, like, up there in the, like, third quartile. Like, it's up there. Yeah. Like, he, he's well, one of the veteran presence. Well, and Lars – I mean, Lars and Yarmo both said that when they got back from Finland last week that – it wasn't just the leadership core that they had individual or small group conversations with. Like they had a, obviously it's not as crucial right now with Patrick being out again, but they had a conversation with Johnny Boone and Patrick. Like if you're going to be like the top line of this team, like you need to also lead as the top line of this team. Like, you know, you need to act in a certain way, you need to do certain things every single game, regardless of who we're playing, where we're playing, all this sort of stuff. So you need those those power forces to be both leaders on and off the ice. And Jack has that opportunity to do that too. Not to mention, kid, this is your hometown. Like, don't you want to perform at your best, like, for your hometown team? Like... Come on, man. I love you, but like, let's get it together. Do the damn thing, Jack. <laughs> We're rooting for you. We're rooting for you, but we are constructive more... criticism. Correct. As I feel like we are very rarely is our criticism unconstructive. I feel like mostly I'm unconstructive when it comes to players that aren't on our team that I just dislike for a multitude of reasons. Yeah, that's very fair. Yeah, there are a few like Brad, I don't think I've ever heard you say anything constructive about Brad Marchand. I just don't, I just don't think it'll ever happen. I did slightly compliment him when we were on um, Jake J Jake Jackets the other day when I said that it was nice of him to speak out against signing Mitch Miller because he's a terrible human, but that will probably stand as the only nice thing I ever say about Brad Marchand. Yeah, and, like, let's be honest, speaking out against that isn't exactly, like, nice. It's just, like, human, so. Yeah. So, breaking news, Brad Marchand is human, so that's exciting, <laughs> I think, for some people to hear. But, but Laura... Really? I thought he was a rat. Oh, no. Don't. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all the Boston fans are leaving one-star reviews on our show. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, Laura, is there anything else on your Blue Jackets radar to discuss before we wrap this one up? Um, we they do have a week. I mean, I know that we'll be putting out a, a second um, episode this week, but they do have a full uh, week of, or not even just a full week. They do the next six games are at home, so hopefully a lot of you fifth liners are taking advantage of that. That they're going to be 
um, in Nationwide Arena to play tomorrow or today, the 15th, against Philadelphia again. That game is at 7.30 because it's going to be on ESPN Plus and Hulu. So just note that for those going and or watching at home. But yeah, Philadelphia, Montreal, Detroit, Florida, Montreal again, and the New York Islanders all in the next 11 days. So that is a lot of um, Blue Jackets home hockey. We will be at least at the Montreal game on the 23rd, and I'm pretty sure we're going to try and go to the New York Islanders game on the 25th. So you could potentially see us there. But it's just a lot of hometown hockey. And uh, particularly today when you hear this, uh, November 15th is Hockey Fights Cancer Night um, at Nationwide Arena, which is always such a special game to be a part of. Um, And they always do a lot of really uh, touching tributes and raise quite a bit of money for cancer research. So check that out if you can. But yeah, that's really my only... Blue Jackets related and Torts is back again today. So we'll see if uh, the tables turn and he actually does post game press. So <laughs> now we will. And Hey, if you guys are at the hockey fights cancer night, go ahead and write my mom's name, Belinda on one of those signs and, and send it to us on Twitter, which Laura can tell you where to send that to us on Twitter. Uh, I will say, I have to say this because like it wouldn't be an episode if I didn't poke fun at you. Of course. So, um, haven't I, would, I been hurt enough in the last 36 hours? Probably, but like, what's a little more? So, mm. <laughs> so it, every time we like are on, we, we've been on the artillery, we've been on now like JJ Jackets, <laughs> and every time that Laura goes to say where you can find us, which like it doesn't super matter on this show, right? Like, very rarely. At this point, are you like brand new and you don't know like where to find us? Like we do it just because due diligence. But it's the shows that we guest on that it's like we actually need you to know our Twitter because like you might not listen to our show, you might not know who we are. So like we want you to know us. And on the artillery, Laura said that our Twitter was subjectively speaking. Yeah. And then on JJ Jackets, Laura went to go say our our platforms and everything like that. And her Wi-Fi just cut out. She goes, you can follow us on. And then it just went away. It was hilarious. And all I could see was Jeremy laughing at me on the screen. And yeah. I can't help it that my computer hates Zoom. Like, it just... And I could have helped it with the artillery, but I was nervous. And I just really wanted them to like us. And so I was nervous. And so there. And I also like word vomited it out to Kyle after we did it. And he was like, I didn't even notice. (laughs) You did great work. You did great work. So Laura, this is your redemption arc. A redemption arc on our own show where I very rarely mess it up. Cool. Love that. Hey. Go for it. Where can the good people find us? Thank you. They can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at SubductivelyPod. They can follow us on in, on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. You can also follow us on YouTube on Subjectively Speaking. Um, if you would like to help me pay off my speeding ticket and or <laughs> pay off Jeremy's credit cards from Finland, you can do that and also get some super cool merch 
in exchange by visiting our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. Soon to have way more options and also potentially some new ones that we think are quite funny. Um, so check that out. And lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, uh, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And again, we don't know how the algorithm works, but we just know that all these things, rates, reviews, subscriptions, stars, comments, all that sort of jazz, helps us to get noticed in the hockey podcast charts as well as bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. So other than that, we just love and appreciate you guys so much. That we do. And until next time, pray to God that Laura and I are healthy scratches on Tuesday. <laughs> Again, I am always already on long-term IR. FTIR it is. But until then, make sure you take care of yourselves. Make sure you take care of one another. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye.